This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Grant and Danny. Welcoming you back on The Fan. We welcome in our audience in Richmond for the first time today. They're hanging out with us for the next three hours. We're taking you up to 6.30 on the flagship 106.7 in and around D.C. We told you we were going to have Jahan Dotson on the show today. We're pumped about this, so let's not make him or you guys wait. He's on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting's come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Jahan Dotson, who caught seven touchdowns and twice last season was named Rookie of the Week in the NFL, is with us. Jahan, thanks for the time. How you been? Yes, sir. I've been good. I've been good hanging in there, you know. Can't complain. Good catching up with you. What are you doing at this phase of the offseason? Are you training, working out, or taking some time off? Catch us up to speed on what you got going on. Yeah, I, I just got back into things. Um, I'm out here at uh, Exos in Arizona. Uh, just pretty much getting my body right, uh, getting back in shape for, for the upcoming season. Coming out of your rookie year, how did you know what you wanted to work on? Like what kind of program you were going to put together? Yeah, it, that, that was a big thing. Uh, what was going to be the jump from year one to year two. But, you know, going over little things like my diet, uh, my nutrition, uh, just little things that make me more professional and give me little ways to, to succeed on the field and have the upper advantage on my on my peers and on people who, who I play against. That, that was a big thing from year one to year two. So just the little things, the little details, making sure that I'm on top of everything and just being more organized. What was the toughest adjustment going from college ball to a pretty successful rookie year? Yeah, I, I would say the toughest thing – from going from college to the NFL is the the meeting time. You know the the time that you're you're in the classroom. I feel like the NFL it's more physical. I mean it's more mental than physical. You know in college you're you're out of practice for about three hours, four hours a day. Uh, it gets kind of draining on your body after a while. But in the NFL, you know they're trying to keep guys healthy all the time. So we're we're not on the practice field very long, about an hour, hour fifteen minutes. Uh, but you're you're in the you're in the meeting rooms all day. What are you like in a meeting room? Are you a guy taking notes? Do you know what everybody does on every play, the, the tackle and the tight end? Or are you just ca- trying to still play catch-up as a young guy on, on your own position? Yeah, so the first-year guy, you know, uh, completely, completely different playbook than I, I'm used to. I'm All my life I've been signals, hand signals from the sideline, you know. But this is my first time being in a huddle. Um, it, it, it was completely different. So, you know, I was just trying to soak up as much as possible. Um, when I first came in, Coach Drew Terrell, who was our previous receiver coach, he did a great job of just making sure that I knew 
every position possible so so that I could maximize my ability of getting ch- getting a chance to play early um, and, and just knowing what everyone's doing on every, every single play. So, you know, I was kind of familiar with two or three positions on the receiver side, but, you know, as I get more and more into the offense, I want to know what everyone's doing so that I know the timing of everything and I, I just know how everything's going to play out. Jahan Dotson with us here on Grant and Danny. Uh, Jahan, Grant and I have been on the air for uh, a long time now, you know, we're uh, 10 years, 12 years, 13 years. But if I went back and listened to something I did as a, as a, as a rookie, I put that in quotes, I'd probably make yeah. myself cringe a couple times, right? I can't believe I was that way. <laughs> Give me something that makes you cringe when you look at it and you think about it your first couple weeks, months on the job, and then give me something where you go, you know what? I got that right. Um, That's tough. That's tough. Oh. Uh... Give, give me an example. You got to give me an example. So for me, I had all these terrible habits where when I didn't know what to say, instead of just like letting silence happen or whatever, I'd go, yeah, that's good stuff. Like this awkward transition <laughs> just sounded like the cheesiest guy at the bar or at a party that just like had to hear himself talk. And then other times I would hear like long rants. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like a sports radio guy. That's pretty good. So I don't know how that translates into your world where you're like, you know, playing professional football, but give me something where you go, I can't believe that's what I was doing the first week or month. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Oh, I'm going to go back to to when we were in OTAs. And I was literally in my hotel room. Like, I, this is when I was trying to get familiar with the playbook. I was in my hotel room every single night. I would set an alarm at about 8.30, 8 o'clock at night. And I would just take the script from, from the previous practice and the, the practice that we were going to have the next day. And I was literally – go run the routes in my hotel room beside my bed. <laughs> That's so, funny. So I could, yeah, so were I you could getting separation from the bed? The like, were you, were you, were you was, getting off? Yeah. I, was creating, I was creating a lot of separation. I that, was getting open, man. <laughs> I just can't imagine. I'm, think, I'm thinking of the routes you caught, some of the big touchdowns and plays down the seam, you know, making big catches. I don't know if there's enough room in a hotel room for some of those routes. <laughs> there definitely isn't. I can tell you that. Your first game, Jahan Dotson with us on Grant and Danny, you catch two touchdowns against Jacksonville, including the the tutty that, that kind of sealed the whole thing. You're the NFL Rookie of the Week presented by Pepsi, the first of two times you'd win that award because in Week 13, when you went for over 100 and a touchdown against the Giants, you won the award as well. When you look back, favorite moment, highlight, play, what would you say stands out to you about your rookie season as a memory? Yeah, um, a play that that really comes to mind uh, that I feel like really defines my game is my touchdown I scored against the Giants, uh, the first game to to really to tie it up and send us into overtime. Um, that that that's a play that I feel like expresses how I kind of play. You know, I kind of just freestyle things. You know, I, I just kind of make things happen. Uh, and it, it was crazy because my trainer that I trained with in the off season, he put together a video, and the video was basically that route that I ran in the game, and then me working on the route in the off season, and it was completely identical. Like it looked like I was literally running it on air again. So it's kind of crazy to see those things, and you know, just just working working in the off season on the the things that you're gonna try to do in the game. It, it's it's kind of hard to do, but when you when you master master those things like route running that I try to do, um, you you kind of see those things translate into the game. So I feel like that was a that was a really exciting moment for 
for my first year. I don't know if I'm recalling this completely correctly, but I feel like it was a drag or a crosser. Then you kind of put a dude in the, the spin, spin cycle. cycle. Yeah, the circle on Madden. So that might as well have been the bed in your hotel room as well as he tackled you at that point. <laughs> Maybe that's where you perfected that route. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I remember when you got drafted, and I want to talk about your draft experience and the Combine, which is this week, uh, here in a minute. But I remember some pundit. I wish I would. I could remember who it was so I could put him on your enemies list and you could prove him wrong every day and spike it, maybe point at the camera and address him directly, Jahan. But yeah. he said, yeah, you know, the slot receiver, and he can get open underneath. I said, oh, no, no, no. This man could do a lot more than that. I feel like you didn't get to showcase your down-the-field stuff as much at Penn State, but I know I think you got that card in your deck. What are you best right now, and what do you think you're going to be in terms of slot, outside, or kind of anything in between? Yeah, so, you know, during the draft process, I heard a lot about, you know, I'm a smaller guy. I'm only going to be, be able to play in the slot. You know, I'm going to be very limited as to what I can do. And, you know, that kind of just fuels the fire. Um all my life, I've, I've never, I've never played slot. All my life, I played on the outside. I've always been a smaller guy, so you know, I've had to find ways to make it work. So uh, that, that's pretty much what I've been doing all my life, and it, it leads to the moments I'm in now. And I was able to to be on the outside this year, uh, my first year in the NFL. I was able to move inside a little bit, and I feel like that's the biggest part of my game is my versatility. I can play everywhere on the football field, and I can I can excel everywhere on the football field. So. That, that was a big thing for me, um, making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm able to, to do everything that my coaches ask me to do, whether I'm inside or outside, and I'm able to have success wherever I'm at. Jahan Dotson on Grant and Danny missed five games in his rookie year, missed about a month with that hamstring injury suffered against the Cowboys. But when he was on the field, it was dynamic. 523 yards, seven touchdowns as a rookie in just 12 games this season. All right, let's get to some more timely stuff here that's going on. Eric Bieniemy was just hired as your guys' offensive coordinator. I'm pretty sure you were at his opening press conference. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I was fired up, man. You know, to be able to work with, with such a great mind who who's, has so much success at the, the highest level of football, you know, it's definitely pretty cool to, to be able to work with someone like that. I'm extremely excited to, to have the opportunity just to pick his brain a little bit and learn from him um, and just be able to, to to be a sponge, you know. So um, I'm really excited for the hire. I can't wait to get to work, and I know there's big things coming this year. Did you guys chat at all about your role and, and what he's hoping from you and expects from you? Um, We, we haven't really chatted too in-depth about that yet you know it's a it's a new hire so you know just making him feel welcomed a little bit um making sure that that he knows that the guys in here in the in the room in our in our facility are gonna are gonna die for him you know we're, we're gonna put it all on the line for him um and we, we know he's gonna do the same for us so uh it's just a really exciting opportunity Forgive me if this is a silly question, Jahan, and you let me know if it is. He's been on the verge of becoming a head coach for years and, frankly, should probably have been a head coach based on his resume, and he hasn't gotten that opportunity. And He's coming here semi-laterally, even though he's going to call plays now, as a means to getting a head coaching job. I'm curious if you guys feel any pressure at all to just help him get over the hump. Like, he could have stayed with Mahomes and Reed and won more Super Bowls, but he probably couldn't get a head job. He came here. He's going to try to make you guys better and make this offense really good in the meantime. But let's call it what it is. He wants to be a head coach. Do you feel any of that? 
Um, not really. But, you know, one thing he said in his press conference that, that really sticks out is, you know, he can help us and we, we can help him at the same time. Um, our success on the field and, and making sure that we do everything possible to to win can help him at the same time. He, I know he has dreams and aspirations of, of being an NFL head coach one day, and we have dreams and aspirations of winning Super Bowls and winning a lot of football games. So the more we help him, the more he's going to help us and, and vice versa. So, you know, it's a, it's a two-lane street. Um, and like I, I keep saying, you know, we're really excited for the opportunity to, to get to work with such a, a great mind and, and, and really just learn. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's all about learning. Um, learning the different different things that you you never knew you you would know someday. So um, it's pretty cool, um, and I can't wait for it. Jahan Dotson on Grant and Danny here on the fan. You mentioned Drew Terrell earlier in one of your answers. He's gone now. He left. He's he got a uh, a great opportunity out in Arizona where he's going to end up being on a fast track maybe as an OC and hopefully a head coach eventually. We don't know a lot about him. Uh, what did Washington lose when he walked out the door? Uh, a, a great coach, man. A great, uh, truly a great coach. Um, I, I talked to Coach Terrell like right before he got the the job with um, Arizona, and you know, I was just letting him know, like I I truly thank him for what he did for me, and ju- just one year, you know, just one year of knowing him, he he truly had a, a huge impact on my career. Um, you know, he he was great. He was great, and he it's it's cool because he's a young guy. And he, he can relate to us. You know, that, that's the biggest thing. He's able to relate to us in the, in the room. Uh, we, we can talk to him about pretty much anything. And I told him, you know, it, it's, a, it's a really cool opportunity that he, he has. So, like, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really mad at all. You know, he's, he's getting to be back home with his family. He's from Arizona. So, that, that's pretty cool for him. And then he, he's taking a step forward to, to his dream goal, and that's being an offensive coordinator. Um, so, you know, it's a really cool opportunity for him, and I'm super happy for him. You know, he truly has such a great impact on, on my career in such a little time. Jahan Dotson with us here on Grant and Danny. Uh, you know, I, I know Ron Rivera said it's not official just yet, but it looks like you might be catching passes from Sam Howell this coming year, uh, yeah. the guy in your same class. What what was that like his year and, and, and you know, watching him grow and develop and, to, and be able to play that last game against Dallas where I thought he handled himself pretty darn well. What do you like about him and, you know, how are you guys going to grow together? Yeah, that's my guy, you know. Um, I'm, I, keep th- I keep using the words, word excited. Because I'm truly excited, you know, I can't wait for the opportunity for Sam. You know, he really got to sit back and learn. He had a different rookie year than I did. You know, he got to sit back and learn the ropes of the NFL through through two very good veterans um, in his room, and Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. So uh, I know he's ready for the opportunity. He has all the talent in the world. Literally, he he can make every single throw on the football field, and he, he makes it look effortless. You know, we always say when we're uh, at practice and stuff, you know, he looks so cool in the pocket. Like, he, he makes it look very effortless, the throws that he makes. He, I remember we were playing Dallas, and he hit me and Terry about 50, 60 yards down the sideline, opposite hash, just hit us in stride, you know. And it, it's very hard to do that. That's not an easy thing to do, and he made it look so so easy and so effortless. So, you know, I can't wait for the opportunity for Sam I can't wait to just build that relationship with him. I'm, I'm already pretty close with him. But, you know, I can't wait for our relationship just to extend. And you caught passes from all three quarterbacks last year. Not asking to run anybody under the bus here, but what's the difference between catching the ball from, from those three guys? Yeah, you know, it, it's a big difference. Um, 
all those guys, they're, they're very good in their own ways, you know. Um, Taylor, he kind of takes some pace off the ball a little bit. He, he's very, very smart, very knowledgeable. He knows where everything's going to – he knows when everything's going to happen, where everything's going to be. So, you know, he knows the offense. He knew the offense like the back of his hand. And then Carson, you know, that man, he has a strong arm, a strong arm. Sometimes, you know, I, I thought he was going to throw the ball through my chest sometimes. But he, <laughs> he he's going to make every – he can make every single throw on the football field. And, and Sam's kind of like that in the same way. He can make every single throw on the football field. But, you know, he's more of a mobile guy. And you, you can rely on, you know – when he, he's scrambling out the pocket, he's able to throw on the run. And he's able to make plays with his legs. So, you know, all three of those guys do do things, do very good things in their own different their own different way. You know what I was surprised by, Jahan, was we knew he could run a little bit because in his final year at North Carolina, after he lost some weapons, he ran all over the place. I think he had seven 100-yard yeah. games. But the way he kind of moved out of the pocket and lowered his shoulder at the goal line against the Cowboys, I got a little fired up by that i didn't see that coming for sure you know whenever you see your quarterback because you know quarterbacks have a a pre-notion of prima donnas they don't want to get hit or anything like that but when you see your quarterback your someday franchise guy going in there and laying his shoulder on the line for the team to get in the end zone you know that that makes you want to fight for him. You know it is. It was pretty cool to see that we were we were super hyped up about it. It was his first touchdown. Uh, we were really ecstatic about it. And it's easy to play for someone like that. You know when the, when you know they're going to put their body on the line for for your for you and your team, you you're going to want to do the same thing. So uh, it, it was definitely pretty cool to see that. And I'm I'm excited for the opportunity. Like you, I think a lot of us are pumped for him and the chance he's going to get. I will tell you, I've got a slight hesitation about going all in on Sam Howe, and it's twofold. Number one, he's never eaten a steak or a burger. And I got to be honest with you. I just don't know how to. I don't know if I can trust him. And the other thing is, I don't know what my guy's doing with his hair. He's kind of got like this, this like bowl cut kind of thing working where it's big and fluffy. <laughs> what are we going to do about the meat and the hair? Yeah, yeah, we first of all the steak thing is, is insane to me. I asked him about that during rookie mini camp, and I I couldn't be, I couldn't believe he was he was telling me that like that, that was insane. To me. Like I for me like I love steak. Of course you do. So for him to never have it in his life was crazy to me. He's like John, I've then, never had steak, and you're like, but have you ever tried steak? Steak? You ever? And he's seen like, that? but right, no, I've never literally. had steak, and you're like, but how about steak? Right? Like, come on, bro. And then the hair, you know. But what about a burger? You know, he hasn't had a burger either, Jahan. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I'm, a, you know, his diet seems to be working for him. So I'm, a, I'm gonna let him have it. You know, that's what a I'm good saying? point. I, I can't say too much about the guy. He, he's, he's, he did very well in North Carolina. So I'm, I'm gonna let him have it. All right, but what about the what about the hair then? What are we gonna do about that? See the hair. We, we might we might have to go to the barbershop together. There we go. <laughs> That's we, see. We I think you can help to. him. I know you guys are in the same rookie class, but you've yeah, got yeah. you've got a um, just a, a young man's confidence, kind of a debonair feel to you. Yeah, like if he's like, I'm not sure I want to. You're like, I'm sorry. I'm just looking down. It's two time rookie of the week. Yeah, you're doing what I say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ron Rivera's been at the Combine over the last few days, and he was asked about this offense. There's a lot made about a comment earlier in the offseason. They want to run it twice as much as they throw it. And he basically has said that's not at all what we want to do. We want to get the ball to our playmakers. And he says the offense is going to be 
Terry and Jahan and Curtis and these guys we like in space getting the ball as fast as we can get the ball into their hands after the snap. When you hear that, what do you think? You know, that that just makes me excited, you know? Like, I know th- this past season I knew that we were most successful when we got the ball in our playmaker's hands. You know, Terry, when I talk about the receivers, I, I truly think that we have the deepest receiver room in the NFL, like one through five, one through six can all go and make plays for the team at any point in the game. So I know that when we as an offense can, can make plays through the receivers, it can only build the offense and, and really just give us a jump start. You know, it's pretty cool to see too, uh, because not only are you making plays, but your peers, the guys that you're in your room with, they're, they're making plays too. And it, it just fuels the fire and, it gets things started. So for him to say that, you know, I'm, makes me happy, uh, truly excited for it. And I just can't, I just can't wait to make plays. That's, that's what I love doing. That's what I do. Uh, so I, I can't wait for it. We've got that in common. Me and Danny love when you make plays. We're, we both like it. Yeah. So you like, <laughs> like making them much. and we, I like to sit on my couch, we like observing them. I'm what we call fat. And I sit there <laughs> and I eat chips and dip and Coke. And I just point at the screen like Leo in that meme. And it, like when you make a play, I go, it's him. It's, it's Jahan. He's, He's doing the thing again. <laughs> so we have that in common. Are you, oh, Jahan, are you, a, are, are you a trash talker? See, that, that, that's, a, that's a good question. I am, I am not a trash talker until someone starts talking trash to me. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm, I'm a very quiet, laid-back kind of guy. But once someone gets me riled up, then, you know, it's, it's it's free game. It's free smoke, you know. So, no, I just I just ask the people they they just take the same approach as me, you know. Let's just play the game, how the game's supposed to be played. But then once you start talking trash, then then we got a whole other game you got to deal with. So I I couldn't remember the exact play, but tell me if I've got this right. There was a nice run that you guys popped. I want to say it was an Antonio Gibson run, and my guy wearing the number one jersey was down the field blocking a gentleman on the opposing team, and after the play concluded, I believe you let him know that you blocked him down the football field and that resulted in, in a big run. That's what it looked like to my pudgy behind watching the game on television. Like, is that something, A, that you would do? B, do you take pride in that? Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, it, it, it's big seeing that, like I, like I said, it goes back to when Sam laid his shoulder on the line for the team. It's throwing shoulder, mind you. He laid it on the line for the team. It's the same thing. I want to show my teammates that I'm going to lay it out on the line for them to to have the, have them succeed and have them make big plays so that they want to do the same for me. You know, that, that's how good teams work. Um, so, yeah, I, I was definitely probably making a block downfield, and I probably definitely let the corner know about it because, you know, I'm, <laughs> the big thing coming in when I was coming into the NFL draft, I was too small, you know, so – this two small guys driving you 15 yards down the field and uh, creating big plays for, for our, our offense. All right, we've kept you too long, but I do want to ask you one more unrelated to you and, and the commanders for the moment, and that is combine-related. So we're looking ahead to the draft, and the, the thought in the middle of the first round, you guys pick 16th, the same pick, by the way, the fellas uh, used on you last year. 
the thought yeah. is it's going to be O-line or maybe corner. And the guy that is actually being mocked to Washington constantly is Joey, Joey Porter, Porter Jr. Jr. <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going with this. So your, your teammate at Penn State, Joey Porter Jr., for people that don't know, who's one of the better corners in the country. But I, I guess you've already answered my question. I didn't know if you knew him well or if you guys are tight or what you could tell us about him. Yeah, that's my dog, man. That is my dog. You know, the the crazy thing is, last year when I was in my combine process and my draft process, my interviews and everything, the coaches would ask me, "Who is the best corner you face in your college career?" And I would always, I was always asking them, you know, is can I say someone who was on my team? Because I feel like the person on my team was the best corner I would go against my entire college career, and it was Joey Porter Jr. and you know, he, he was the one person who, who really gave me fits and, and really helped me to, to have so much success on Saturdays uh, because it, every day in practice, it was like a game. You know, we were going we were going against each other. We were making each other better. Um, it, it was like a game every every single day. So uh, I always say that Joey Porter Jr. was the best, best talent that I played against at the corner position by far on my college career. And, um, you know, that's my guy. I, I – you might as well. See, we got the 16th pick again. We might as well run it back, go to Penn State, and go get my guy. You know, he's going to make our team, our football team, that much better. Um, and I, I'm just super excited for him, you know, just for him to be mentioned in the first round. You know, he, I knew he had a bright future coming in at Penn State, but, you know, for him to put it into fruition and, and make the things happen to, to be in this predicament, uh, I'm truly ecstatic for him, and I can't wait to see him go. Future scout and GM, Jahan Dotson as well. Dude, this was awesome to catch up with you. Really appreciate it, man. Have a great offseason, okay? Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. Jahan Dotson on his way to start him with the Commanders. How easy is it to root for Jahan Dotson? What a guy. Unfortunately, not every player has as clean and smooth a process at the Combine as Dotson did as he saw his star rise. The number one prospect on Mel Kuyper's big board going into this spring's draft has a warrant out for his arrest. We'll give you the details next on Grant and Danny. Jahan Dotson was fantastic. Thanks to him for his time. So great. Probably kept him too long, but he was really, really good. What a kid. It's his own fault for being awesome with us. (laughs) We wanted to talk more. Easy to root for, man. man. uh, That's the kind of guy you buy that jersey. He's got... Still four years left here in Washington, at least, presumably, and a lot of good football ahead of him. As we welcome you back on Grant and Danny. So we're going to pivot here into this developing story that came out while we were talking to Jahan Dotson, which is that the NFL Players Association has put together a 1,300-player polling service this offseason to gather information about each team's facilities, essentially. Um, I'm going to read from the NFLPA's release. One of our core jobs as a union is to improve the overall working conditions for our players, which includes the daily experience of players at team facilities away from the lights and the cameras. In other words, the stuff that you guys don't get to see as fans. Uh huh. How much is your team taking care of you? How good are the facilities, the, the nutrition, the things being provided at your disposal to help you not only be a good football player, but the best version of yourself, the healthiest, most nutritious uh, version of yourself in mind and body, right? So the PA polls 1,300 players. I think that's pretty much the whole league. 
They pull those players to provide information to share with one another. This is what the league, the league's association for players said, not me. Okay, the PA said this. They did this polling to provide info to share with one another about their current club, to not only help them make important career decisions, but also to help raise standards across the league. Meaning, we want all the players in the league know who's taking care of you and who isn't. That's what they're saying. Yeah, make an informed decision. If it's if it's between two teams, you can look at this list and go, well, Seattle's got a great facility, and this one here, oh, it's 32nd. Free agency's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Where should I sign? Well, let's see. This team ranked, and they went 1-32 to 32 ranking teams in every single category, okay? Those categories were treatment of facilities, taking care of the facility, cleaning and otherwise, nutrition, the weight room, the strength staff, the training room, so where you're getting your treatment for injuries, things like that, the training staff, and the locker room, okay? So treatment of facilities, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, and the locker room. So I've got treatment of families and team travel also on, on that list. Uh, okay. Yes, tra- I see travel. I didn't see anything about team families. Uh, team travel I do have here as the last column. But if you have another column... There you go. I'm just looking at the report cards on uh, NFLPA.com. So here is the point, Danny. They graded every single team in all these categories. This is based not on some arbitrary process or, you know, someone from the PA going to every facility. Mm -hmm. This is players talking about their own facility, okay? Nutrition, D-plus for the Washington Commanders. Not an F. As, you, as you'll find out, that's D's pretty get good. degrees. Weight room, C+. Plus. Strength staff, A+. Plus. Tied for first. Tied for first. That's the end of the good part. Mm-hmm. Imagine your kid bringing this grade home. All right, here you go. I found treatment of families. Families, F. Training room, F-. minus. Training staff, D. Locker room, F-. minus. Travel, F-. minus. And then when they ranked all 32 teams, 1-32, to the Washington Commanders ended up 32nd. Something we've long said anecdotally, now you've got some more proof positive to it. So they had failing grades, and some of these were F-minuses. That's like you put your name on the paper and quit. That's right. That's like a zero. How families get treated, the training room, the locker room, and team travel, all complete failures of grades for the Commanders, 32 out of 32. Washington is one of the few teams that has younger players double up on the road. Um, like, you know, mid-major college athletic Meeting programs in hotels. In hotels, yeah. So There's this... some other things, anecdotes <laughs> they give you here. The locker room, uh, this is according to the NFLPA. I thought this was interesting. The locker room does not have confidence that club owner Dan Snyder is willing to invest to upgrade the facilities as player responses rank him 31st in this category. 31st in the ability to upgrade or the willingness to upgrade the facility. That's key. I think that has to do with the fact that either they know this or don't, but he thinks he's selling or might be selling. So why am I going to dump money into this mess? It's already one of the worst facilities in the league. Am I going to do a bunch of stuff before I sell it? I remember when I had my realtor, uh, having my cousin, my buddy Chris, comes to the house and he's like, hey, let's get a new fridge and a new this and that. and We'll do stainless steel to look great in the pictures. And I'm like, you think? I'm about to sell this house. I'm about to buy a bunch of new appliances. I don't know how I feel about that. Is Dan Snyder really going to fix a bunch of stuff up right before he sells? Players had significantly more concerns with each area of the facility than the player respondents on any other team. For example, 
They were the team most consistently identified as having an understaffed training room. Players also reported that they have some of the smallest hot and cold tubs for player recovery. Only 35% of players feel like they have personal space adequate uh, in their locker room. Finally, there are complaints of a lack of warm water. There are issues with poor drainage in the showers. Again, these are the players on the commanders saying this. This is jarring. To your point that nobody sees this stuff, you and I have been beating the desk on these sorts of things for years, even before Dan thought he was selling. This is not what Dan Snyder thinks is worth spending money. He can't wait to tell you that he paid a blank, uh, you know, for uh, Albert Hainsworth. That's uh, he's braggadocious over cigars. The unsexy things. And there are two teams in town, frankly, that fall into this category. Both of them are up for sale where they haven't spent on the hidden, unsexy things that help teams get better. These players are putting themselves through, you know what? I mean, you've seen, you watch these games, you know what these injuries and everything else. Taking care of them, spending the few extra million dollars to take care of your incredibly high-priced investments in this regard is is common sense. It's a no-brainer. They've neglected these things for years. They were at the back of the league when Mike Shanahan took over. And he basically said, well, we have to be able to practice inside and not in an airport hangar. So let's actually have a bubble. They were, they were in dire need of upgrades then, more than a decade ago. And they're they're even further towards the back now. It's beyond unacceptable. Every college player, pretty much, that walks in there had a better facility at their four-year university than when they get to professional football. It's a joke. Yeah, I think this is a really big deal with free agency looming. I, I go back to what the Players Association said the point of this was, in part, it's to help players share with one another about their current club to, quote, help them make important career decisions. Quite literally saying, where is it not good to work? And then they ranked all 32 teams from the best to worst place to take a job offer, and they ranked Washington dead last two weeks ahead of free agency. The commander's ranking 32nd is not only embarrassing, but it is problematic. Yeah, This is the quiet part being said out loud, to your point. We know this stuff. We talk about it. Agents, I'm sure, at times advise and tell their players about it. But for this to come out and this close to the league year is really troubling, I would say, and going to be a potential landmine for the commanders to have to deal with here. What do you guys make of this? I want to reiterate one more time. This is not a a list that was put together by a media member. Players for every team were polled, and based on how they feel about their facility, everything was ranked. And the commanders who got an F in how families are treated, an F- minus for their training room, an F- minus for their locker room, an F- minus for their travel, and a D- Plus for food service and nutrition. Hey. Yay. And a D for training staff. Now we're doing it. Dead last of 32 teams. What do you think? 800-636-1067 on Grant and Danny. Our double play is going to wait. We're going to squeeze in a few calls here and get some instant reaction from you guys. On this developing story, as we welcome you back on GND, the Players Association polled 1,300 NFL players. They came out with their findings today. This is based on team facilities and treatment at work. The point of the survey, in part, was to inform players 
ahead of the league year in free agency on the best and worst places to work. And they ranked the teams. This is the PA doing this. One through 32, Washington ranked 32nd. Eight graded categories, two Ds and four Fs, including three F minuses. And we found out they're one of six teams that has players bunked together, at least some players, on the road the night before games. And one of seven teams that on their flights to road cities does not allow the players to sit in first class. I guess they have business people or I don't know who would do it. Maybe sponsors or something. Some of the anecdotes that came out of this thing. Feels like a problem if you poll all the the worker bees and they think that what you're giving them to work with is really, really bad. Yeah, and it goes – normally you'd go, hey, this is a problem. Well, then you start to look up at what's happening big picture. What did we talk about all yesterday? That it has to do – think of the Don Van Notta story on ESPN. This has everything to do with cash. Money. These are operating expenses that are not required to put on games, but – are pretty standard if you'd like to be competitive in those games. You, you spend on analytics. You spend on recovery methods. You'd spend on the hot tub, the cold tub, proper shower drainage. You, you put players in the most comfortable positions possible. You want them to recover from injuries as, as well as possible, to prevent injuries as well as possible. That all happens with these facilities where they're getting an F in, Grant. It's inexcusable. Yeah, I think you're right about the money. I would say could, but you could say is a result probably of lacking funds. But it's a direct result, really, of bad ownership and yes, culture. Correct. I mean, that's not a like, well, maybe. No, this is what that's who's in charge of this stuff. Your owner, your culture are bad if you're getting these types of grades. The organization does a really poor job of prioritizing things that fans cannot see and complain about. And because of that, they don't meet industry standards on things that aren't consumer facing. That's where we are here. And that is officially what we found out. We've long thought this. I've talked a lot about the other facilities I've been in and how it's night and day compared to Ashburn, and it's just always mind-blowing and mind-boggling to me. But this is the player saying this. That That's yeah. the part that I just can't quite get uh, across enough is this is Jamin Davis and, and Logan Thomas and, <laughs> yeah. and Sam Howell being asked about these facilities. It's got to be especially jarring for guys that played in other cities too. Let's see this. Ten minutes from now at 4 o'clock, we got a four-pack of Caps tickets that could be yours. you got to be listening. And at 6 o'clock, Michael McCann of Sports, a law expert on how much legal trouble Dan's actually in. Plus, we just added this to the rundown. Lisa Banks, the attorney for the former plus. Oh, right, yeah. uh, The 40-plus former employees who have uh, been going after Dan Snyder and the commanders. Uh, She made a statement yesterday. We'll talk to her about some of the developments on the potential sale. Let's go to Dominic in Ohio. What do you make of this, Dom? Hey, boys. Uh, thanks, as always, for taking the call. Uh, and if you'll allow me, I'll kind of hit a couple different tangents on this. But this this survey it speaks specifically to kind of the narcissistic and borderline sociopathic persona that Snyder has and has had for years and years and years. I mean, when he took over the team, the money was flowing, you know, like the salmons of Capistrano. Cop, uh, but he didn't invest in it because he thinks everybody below him is lesser. It's, it's the personification of the Mr. Snyder thing. And with all due respect to, to the great journalistic works by guys like Venata and all of the mountains of legal documents and, and cases presented, they all just go in a pile behind Dan Snyder because he's a billionaire and none of it matters. They're not able to embarrass him out of the NFL because he doesn't think of anybody on his plane on his level 
he's he's above everyone, and that's how all of this translates. He's had somebody's Thanks, remember, bud. Dom. Thanks, bro. Over the years, these players that kind of infiltrate his uh-huh. his group, and, and they pal around with him, and he hangs out with them, and he'll pay for their honeymoon like he did with Griffin or whatever. But, you know, Portis and some other guys have been tight with him mm-hmm. through the years. Speaking of Snyder, this is from the PA's findings. Players had more concerns with each area of the facility. Where's the part about Snyder? Let me read. Oh, here we go. The locker room does not have confidence that club owner Dan Snyder is willing to invest to upgrade the facilities as player responses rank him 31st in the category of of being willing to do that. Let's go to Steve, who's in Houston, on the always free Odyssey app. What's up, Steve? Hey, Steve. What's up, fellas? But listen, you know what that report didn't say? Here's the thing. We have Commander Tutty, a diabetic pig. So, <laughs> so take that. A di- a diabetic pig popped me. That's Steve. funny, dude. Come on, that would he called it just Joan. Yeah, great. Okay, it, but it's great. What? Listen, swing the hammer. It's a great I, opportunity. I tip my cap. That's Major Tutty to you. He he threw a Commander Tutty on him. That's Major Tutty to you, sir. Is it Major? I That's guess true. It is. You know what? He's actually he got me thinking about something. If we're going to rank mascots, we're not 32nd in mascots. Major Tutty was just at the damn Pro Bowl. Yeah, what on NFLPA's survey right there for that. Major but. Tutty's only been around for six hours. He already made the Pro Bowl. Steve, I love you. That's Question great. the voting there. Eddie's in Manassas. What's up, Eddie? Hey, Eddie. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a diet fan. <laughs> That's but funny. Yeah, that was a funny one. Uh, so I have two points. The first point is, you know, you did say uh, in the aggregate 1,300 players – were uh, polls, right? And so yes. I think we need to do like an individual kind of a or independent survey of our of our own and, and get the full, did all 55 players really like get, uh, you know, surveyed? Uh, and this is very disheartening, obviously. Well, yeah, but... I did the math in the break. It's roughly 40 per team. Yeah, if, so... if you take okay. 1,300 and you just yeah. divide it by 32 teams, it, it's 40.6. Right. So, so the I, post I article know. said 1,300 of the 2,200 players contacted during the 2022 season participated in the survey. So I, okay. I would imagine it, it was the, the mainstays on this club because the back of the roster comes and goes. But I, I don't know how they would have chosen the 40 guys if it was random or what. Yeah. And so my second point is kudos then to, like, uh, the head coach and, the, and people trying to, like, bring people into the program with our current facilities. Like, you know, how do they do it, right? Like, if – this is the this is the uh, the atmosphere, I mean, and they, the players they had brought in, kudos to them. You know, it's like wow, you did that despite this, and so seriously, I, I just don't know. I mean, yeah, it's why they go to steakhouses instead of the facility. You know, it's why they take you right from the airport to Morton's or wherever you're going to go, and maybe tour you around DC. I don't know how much time they're doing at the facility, but it does speak to if you're whining and dining. Derek Carr is an example, uh-huh. or like they should go get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron well, Rodgers, man. He's going to look at this report, right? He might he, be able to see it, yeah. Where's Vegas ranked? You know what I mean? Probably like, higher. Eric, I mean, uh, Aaron, here's a really dark room. That Not much light comes in. You want that one? The Vikings are number one on this list. Uh, you know, like Cousins went in one year from this facility, 32nd. Uh-huh. The next year was there. Can you imagine how eye-opening that must sure be? It's night that, and day. That juxtaposition? I think I saw Vegas' top five, so yeah. Are they really? Yeah, they were like two or three. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, and you might still get him. You just have to pay a loser tax to do it. You know, with any player, it's like we can compete with Vegas. They're offering me fifty. You guys just have to give me sixty-seven. <laughs> Make up for all of your F's 
and you're diabetic. What, what did he call him? <laughs> he called diabetic pig. I, I mean, that's not that's not even nice. I'm a major Tutty guy myself. My kids love Major Tutty. You know this, Danny. They do love Major Tutty. He went to the Pro Bowl. They'll love the ne- next mascot, too. Lisa Banks at 425, the attorney for the former employees who have been getting after the commanders over these last couple of years. We're giving away the four-pack of Caps tickets ahead of the Blitz next on GD. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.